Hi everyone, I'm Madeline Park, stylist and vintage fashion hound. I believe everything has a story, whether it be clothes or the people that wear them. It's needless to say that 2020 has been a challenging year for most, but a personal highlight has been finding my new creative home in the historic district of Potts Point in Sydney. For season three of Style Stories, I wanted to honour this vibrant community and celebrate coming together. What better way to do this than to partner with a community organisation that brings life and laughter to those who need it most, like the Wayside Chapel, the heart and soul of Potts Point, a Sydney village which has been likened to New York and Paris. Like these great cities, Wayside joyfully embraces diversity and brings together all walks of life in many creative ways, but notably through its op shop, which is renowned for being a treasure trove of donated designer digs, as well as a vital source of support for this organisation. Of course, I talk all things style with my guests this season. However, I also hope to honour their stories by highlighting their contribution to community, not only through their creative pursuits, but by looking good, feeling good, and most significantly, doing good. Today, I'm chatting with Penny Lawson, self-diagnosed curd nerd and owner of Potts Point's favourite fromagerie, Penny's Cheese Shop. Like any good cheese, Penny Style is a recipe of simple ingredients with signature flavours that offer a little bit of bite while evoking the wholehearted country goodness of where they hail from. And while she's travelled far and wide and her signature style includes French Breton stripes and Kansas connotative red shoes, Penny is a proud proponent of Australia and its produce and proves it's her style to ensure there's no place like home. These days, Penny takes a more practical approach to her wardrobe. However, I've given her uniformed staples a flavour of fun with a Lee Matthews apron dress, paired back to signature red sandals from Twoobs and defining stripes from a pole t-shirt sourced from the Wayside Chapel op shop. I hope you can sit back, relax and enjoy listening to Penny's story. <laughs> Hi, Penny. Hi, Madeline. <laughs> okay, so this is a bit strange and a bit great because um, I haven't interviewed a genuine mate for a little while. A real so, life friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for coming uh, to our studio and uh, sitting down with me. Absolute honour to be here. Thanks. Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> um, now, getting into it. There's two kind of things that I feel like uh, are your signatures of style. Mm -hmm. Always have been since we've known each other, what, about 15, 20 years? Something like that. And um, obviously, cheese is one of them, and red shoes is the other. Yep. Uh, So, can we start (laughs) off with the red shoes? And can you let me know when your little red shoe kind of thing started was it did it start as a kid I don't even know when it started where was my first pair of red shoes um probably post uni post uni I reckon so no childhood kind of throwback nostalgic references there don't think so I mean I had a pair of cherry red Doc Martens as but a that teenager? wasn't like the yeah, they were maroon I did I had them for a minute and mm-hmm. they were so uncomfortable and then because <laughs> they were like you know mid calf yeah and I didn't quite wear them in and then I don't even know where they went. Yeah. But um, no, I reckon it was post-uni. 
Right. Maybe Melbourne. Could have been a Melbourne thing because Melbourne was so monochrome. It might have been bringing... They're very black and white. Yeah, it might have yeah. been bringing the red to Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> and why Why red? Why... Oh, you know, everyone's favourite colour, surely. <laughs> <laughs> so brash. <laughs> Is there any um, references to like? Because the obvious thing is Dorothy and Wizard okay. of Oz. Do you oh, think because wow. you're away yeah. from home, no. I, like this is a bit of a stretch? Oh, I but, love it. <laughs> yeah, you're away from home. You wanted to be back home, or quite a bit possibly of, a little bit. I of mean, Sydney. I came back home, so yeah. there you go. <laughs> I got to Oz. Um, no, we were going to Oz. We're going back to. Where do they start? I've forgotten. This is embarrassing. What's the movie? Um, um, it's also – there we go, yeah, Kansas. We're not in Kansas anymore. No, there was also at the time, and this is like definitely not why I was doing it, but the Pope was known for his red leather shoes as well. Right. They were handcrafted. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Red shoes. Could be Dorothy. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> was red your favourite colour? I reckon, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. I used to have like a favourite lucky T-shirt, which was the cat in the hat, and it was bright red. As a kid? Know. No, in uni. <laughs> it's my pickup shirt. Yeah. <laughs> did it work? Yeah. Yeah, good. 100% of the time. <laughs> you, did, did you go to Sydney uni? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that yeah. sounds yeah. like yeah. a very Sydney yeah. uni thing to, to wear <laughs> and be successful yeah. in. <laughs> so going back to your childhood then, because mm. I don't know much about. I mean, no. I knew, know where you grew up yeah. and that kind of thing, yeah. but I don't. I don't know Penny as a little no. kid. No, you know people that I grew up with as well. But, yeah. Um, well, I have two older brothers. Yeah. So I guess I might have been a bit of a tomboy. Yeah. All of my cousins pretty much are boys as well. So it's definitely the youngest and the only girl in amongst a team full of, you know, uh, sporty lads. Yeah. Um, most of my family holidays like Christmases and Easter's and things like that where you got the time off we used to drive down to where my mum grew up which is on a farm in central western Victoria so we kicked about as kids on a massive farm yeah uh, riding in the back of a ute yeah uh, doing all that stuff yeah I always you know found a dog or a puppy to to mother or you know I was in amongst like trying to be a girl in amongst these rum rum tumble boys but yeah, so two did, older brothers. Did you did you dress like a tomboy as a little girl? Yeah, I girl? think I did, yeah. I mean, there was occasional, um, you know, flirtations with dresses, but my brothers <laughs> probably paid me out about it as a girl. Why have you, you know, um, that sounds a bit weird, but, you know, it was just practical clothes to wear, like we're kicking about the street playing cricket and, yeah. and things like that, so it's not... And did yeah. you, what, like, what was your mum's style like? Did she kind of put, uh, put so anything she, on you as in? No. No? <laughs> she's a, so she's, she's a country woman, yeah. you know, and it's about practical clothes. I guess that's why I fall into uniforms and things that are good for doing jobs that I'm doing or, you yeah. know, that are, um, yeah, so mum was not a dressy dress. I loved that when my mum went out and bought a dress. I remember, you know, um, seeing her, she was going out for a, for a, an event like maybe maybe going to a theatre concert or something mm. and you know she put lipstick on which she never did and and you know dress up wear her favourite necklace that kind of thing but no she definitely didn't try and put me into things yeah <laughs> as a girl <laughs> <laughs> was there anything like was there one iconic dress that she had that you remember I mean she didn't wear it very often I made her buy it I remember it it was black and white and it was 80s and there was 
definitely shoulder pads and it might have been black and white polka dot maybe similar to the top that you're wearing Ooh, today we in terms of yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it was very you know fitted and like probably like pencil type skirt yeah the matching jacket shoulder pads that kind of thing I remember that I think she wore it once to humor me right <laughs> yeah I was gonna say did you coerce her into <laughs> <Pretty> that <horrible. laughs> yeah yeah so so you were kind of a, a runabout little kid mm. that you know, was pretty practical yep. and with your your older brothers. Yeah. Um, I wasn't frou-frou. I, went, I did ballet as a very young girl as well and yeah. I went to probably the only serious ballet school in Sydney where the girls, like young kids that were, you know, joy of dancing, weren't allowed to wear tutus. Yeah. It was maroon leotards and tight buns and it was the Edward Memorial – sorry, hang on, let me – Edward Borovansky Memorial Ballet School yeah. and it was super serious. And so there was absolutely, even end of year concerts, like the, the outfits that we wore were never, you know, tutus and glitter. It was I also <laughs> went to a very serious oh, ballet school, oh. yeah. And I there is this, I don't even know why I'm mentioning this, but <laughs> there is this one photo of me and my cousin in one of our end of year concerts. It was Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, some of the characters got to be tutus. I was the card, like, you know, like the <laughs> – which meant that I had to wear a full head-to-toe red yeah. unitard hey. with a matching, like, like swimming cap thing. And so annually either yeah. my older brother or one of my male cousins will extract this photo. friggin' photo <laughs> and circulate it on Facebook. Yeah. Was there some kind of looking glass that talked about cheese in you as a kid? Or were you always were you were you always kind of associated with a desire to cook or be around food? Definitely or, food. Yeah. I mean food is the universal language. Doesn't mm. matter where you're from. Really yeah. doesn't. Yeah. Everyone eats, hopefully. Like not everyone is lucky to eat as regularly as some others, but you can sit down with any different culture and you can learn so much about them. So food has definitely been the thing that, you know, has driven me I guess mm. um when I was at high school my first job we won't talk about the news agent <laughs> my first job was in a cafe yeah I supported myself through university working in a patisserie um and then you know went on it was a way that I could pick up work I guess so yeah. food was it cheese definitely wasn't the thing I have memories of being a teenager and shopping with mum and mm. we'd go into a Greek deli in Lane Cove and I remembered the cheese but you know, like they give you a taste of yeah. the cheese and then you kind of talk about it. They remembered what you got last time. So that's like so far back in my memory though. It wasn't definitely something that, you know, I was aiming towards cheese but this is where it where ended. Where it's ended. Yeah. Uh, you, do you think the kind of country weekends mm. and looking at how – things are produced and yeah. food it that was the kind of big influence in your kind of childhood thread yeah I mean it's definitely influenced um be, me becoming a cheesemonger at the end of it all yeah I love telling the story of the agriculture and where it's from I mm. love knowing where it's from I love talking to the producers mm. finding out how they're going like it's to be a cheesemonger in central Sydney is bringing a bit of country 
to a very urban environment and mm. be able to talk to people about seasons and production. So, but it dev it wasn't something that yeah I w I wouldn't have known at school that you could be a cheesemonger. Yeah, that would not have even occurred, occurred to me. Yeah. I was actually aiming directly for a, something in the arts industry. I was yeah. very interested in theatre and how it's made and, you know, studied performance studies at S Sydney Uni. So I was definitely on the artistic bent, but I couldn't get work. There was, it wasn't something yeah. that could pay the bills. You have to, you know, I moved to Melbourne and I needed to pay rent and suddenly I was like, well, what do you do? So food was always a job, but also a passion. So going back mm. to your, you being a creative teenager, what, yeah. did, what did that look like? Like we obviously, yeah, you kind of tried out the Dr Martens and that didn't oh, necessarily yeah. work out for no, you. No. But how did you represent yourself as this kind of theatre-going creative I, teenager? Well, a lot of black, you yeah. know. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> you, you go to a rock gig and you're wearing black as like tight jeans and black and flannies. Yeah. I think it was, you know, teenage years it was... Uh, well, we like grunge. I was yeah. look, looking up to my brothers and the music they listened to and that informed me. Like all the girls at school were listening to Take That and I had no interest in that. <laughs> I was into Smashing Pumpkins and The Cure, you know, like I was yeah. kind of that rock chick. Yeah. So that was my kind of style in, I guess, high school, which was very much bucking the trend from where I went to school. Mm. They were into quite different things. I was into, I think we even, was there coloured corduroys and body suits and flannies on the top, Stussy. Yeah. Like it was all kind of, it was all quite masculine in a way. It wasn't feminine dresses. I think it was of the time, but it was definitely me putting my, I chose, I don't know, I must have been rebelling against something, but what I was rebelling against, mm -hmm. I have no idea because I had a charmed <laughs> upbringing, like honestly, got yeah. a beautiful family. Mum, I never wanted for anything, but for some reason I felt the need to rebel as a teenager does. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that was my rebellion was, you know, rip stockings and Doc Martens and yeah. <laughs> that kind of vibe. So <laughs> so you, you did... Um, you went to Sydney Uni, yeah. did a performing arts I did degree. arts, which was yeah. English literature, art history theory yeah. and performance studies. Being in Sydney and being, you know, um, looked at – I'd been travelling a lot, like I travelled a lot. Mm. In between every semester at uni I used to work my booty off and then go over for a month in February to – it ended up being Nepal a lot and India. So I think I'd done a travel and then I came back to Sydney and I was feeling restless and – like I needed a change. Melbourne wasn't that far away. It's not that far removed. And yeah, I just thought I liked it. I'd visited a few times and it felt more like my speed mm. at that time. So yeah. I moved to Melbourne. So why Nepal and <laughs> India? What, what drew you there? Um, I visited um, on a walking trip. Um, when I was 20, I think. It's quite a gutsy thing to do as, uh, you know, yeah. a 20 Yeah, it year wasn't old. the first time. I weirdly went on a trip with my parents and a group of their okay. friends. So it was by accident that I went the first time because I was supposed to be a companion to a, another person that was my age and yeah. she ended up not coming and so I found myself on a walking tour of the whole lot of plus 50s <laughs> thinking, how did I get here? Also, first time I'd been in a third world country, th first time I'd seen poverty of that, you know, yeah. um, that extent. But um, I ended up uh, 
when you do a walking trip over there, it's um, you can have it with uh, a camping trip where there's a lot of uh, sh- Sherpas and porters that are carrying your tents and setting them up and it's all very bougie. Mm. Um, and that's what we did that first time and I made friends with one of the guides and his cousin who was the cook and he was teaching me Nepali and I was teaching them English. Mm. And all these years later we're still in, in touch, Dawa and me, we're good mates. Mm. And... Um, I realised maybe 15 years ago that the reason that they started a friendship with me was because at the time I had a shaved head. And they Did thought, you? Yeah. <laughs> and they thought I never that, knew that. <laughs> They thought that I was a religious woman. Oh. And so they wouldn't have started a friendship with a woman if they hadn't have Otherwise, thought that... Yeah, yeah that right. I was, so, <laughs> so that's how that friendship started. Of but isn't it funny also that yeah. you became friends with the cook? Like yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> like your natural kind <laughs> Went straight of in, gravitation. I mean, the man made a cake in a pressure cooker. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. <laughs> so yeah, so from forming that initial friendship over food and language, then yeah. you know I went back subsequently. I think I've been to Nepal six or seven times. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you 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 kind of travelled and yeah. and then you moved yeah. to Melbourne. Yeah. And then what happened in Melbourne? <laughs> so I tried to go down that arts bent and yeah. I did volunteering for the Fringe Festival, which was heaps of fun. Um, and I was looking for work and I just couldn't land a job. And so someone had told me about a, a food business that was looking for people. And mm. so I found myself walking into a butcher and I thought well this is not quite what I was <laughs> expecting and I had the interview and I was like it's a butcher in my mind I was yeah I said and when can you start and out of body experience I heard myself say tomorrow <laughs> 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 and uh so I ended up working as a butcher um for two or three years now that I see the butchery that I like it's not the butchery that I like anymore but I didn't know that walking in there as a 20 something year old I didn't know about dry ageing and, you know, that stuff, grass-fed and, like, grass-fed was important then but yeah. um, I didn't know about those styles. So, yeah. And so when did you move into cheese? Because, as I said, yeah. since I've known yeah. you, it's well, you it's, have been gun-ho cheese. Yeah, <laughs> been 100% all about the cheese. Exactly. Everyone stores me in their phone as penny cheese, <laughs> so I guess that's Cheesy something. penny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was very much thinking I don't want to be a butcher. Yeah. Um, partly, like, you know, you're interacting with people and you're telling people that you're a butcher and their just step away was always a bit like, oh, this is a – I quite like that. I quite like being a little bit on the outside but then – I also just wasn't finding it satisfying anymore. So I went away and I thought about other things like paths that my life could take and whether I went back into the arts or... But food is definitely still up there. So I thought about businesses that I'd like to work with. Um, And one of them was a cheese company that had a shop around the corner from where I lived. So purely by proximity to being Fitzroy North to Carlton North... There was that that was going for it. And yeah. the other beautiful twist of fate, which I just, you know, thank my lucky stars for, is that I opened up the equivalent of what's now the good food and their employment section at right. the back of that. And they were looking for a Millua cheese company, were looking for a retail sales manager. And I went, that's my job. Mm. I think family businesses, like I'd gone from 
that's like very much a common theme in my life, by the way, is mm. always working for smaller family business businesses. But um, having met them and seen he was the president of the Australian Specialist Cheesemakers at the time. Um, he talked with passion about what he did. They made a great product. There was just so much about that package that appealed to me as well as it was a walk away from where I was currently living so yeah. the commute was okay. But, um, <laughs> You're a practical guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't drive at the time either. That was another condition of me getting that job. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to get my driver's licence. Yeah. Um, so then I found myself a week later being picked up by Annie Brown, David's wife, from Wangaratta train station mm. and being ferried out to Millawar. And I made cheese for the week. I worked in the front of the retail. I got rollickingly drunk with them on the first night and thought, oh, that's the end. That's yeah. not, my, not the job. They're not going to give me the job after tonight. And then it was a test. I realised that <laughs> if I hadn't have done that, I wouldn't have got the job. I'm yeah. pretty certain they were pretty solid party people. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and your travels from there, because you've, you've – Gone, you've worked overseas yep. in cheese. You've yep. worked in London, is that right? That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, what took me there? Well, <laughs> what, like, what did I guess your, your travel? Because I know that you're quite passionate about local produce. Yes. Um, but what did your kind of travels teach you about who you were and where you wanted to go? Yeah. Um, so, I left I left Melbourne and came back up to Sydney yeah. and I got back into cheese as soon as I arrived really. Mm. And then I took off for a bit of an extended travel. And part of that was leaving cheese behind. I moved to Thailand for a little bit, tiny, yeah. like a blink and you miss it moment. Um, I so that's I, definitely... I think I... I <laughs> remember was, that. Yeah, I think I do remember that. For love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's ringing uh, a bell. <laughs> I might have opened a bar on Copenhagen. <laughs> Tissue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was that. And then um, I got a job back in Sydney working for a food distributor. Yeah. I loved working with the with the team there, but I didn't particularly much like the role that I was doing. And um, instead of – I hope they don't listen to this <laughs> – instead of resigning um, because I couldn't bear to kind of – resign because again family business yeah. um i just thought i'd do the geographical so i just leave the country <laughs> so instead of going i don't want to work for you anymore yeah had a very big problem with owning up to that to them i bought a ticket <laughs> to spain <laughs> and went on a boat for a few months <laughs> just just and then, yeah and then found myself in london and i'd always banged on about how good australian cheese is mm. I really do and, and will always. I'll be like the one thing I absolutely stand behind and passionate about. But I think it's very good to have gone over and experienced European cheeses like the very best and also the best British cheeses and see how far their industry is coming in the last 20 years. So to now be more informed and have had tasted all of the cheeses that I did when I was working there because yeah. there's like 150 different cheeses in that cheese room at any time. I just take, took that as my learning, oh as my university like of cheese, you know. <laughs> so now I come back and I see what's in the Australian cheese industry and the cheeses that we get from Europe um, and beyond and I now am much better informed yeah. about what I do. So and it was an important step, I think, because the provenance over there is very important um, of things and to have pride, like they have so much pride in what they're producing mm. um, and I think we have a lot of cultural cringe in Australia about 
things from overseas being better. And I just think what – I mean, we've got such pristine environment here. We've got such top producers. Mm. Why are we cringing about it? Because we're making world-class cheese. And yeah. I can say that with my hand on my heart. I know we're making world-class cheese here yeah. right now. You've been resolute about what you want to do and what yeah. you're doing in a way that, you know, I don't know that at the age that we met, yeah. I don't know that anybody, especially when it is a little bit like, you know, I want to yeah. be a cheesemonger <laughs> not a thing that you kind of hear a lot Definitely of people say. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's like one of the things that's so inspiring about yeah. you is that you've known it. And you've done it and you've been committed to it and you've done all the fucking hard yards yeah. over the time and we've watched you, yeah. you know, um, which is why I have so much pride in yeah. what you're doing now. Oh, I'm like, I'm so deeply thanks. proud of you because yeah. to watch someone really commit to something mm. that is a little bit not, you know, just not well, typical or not predictable what, or easy. It wasn't you know? offered, you know, it's not one of those options that is offered at school. They don't say no, this no, no. is a, yeah. you, you can, know. You can be a doctor, yeah. a lawyer or a cheesemonger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that's, I don't know, I like the I like the difference of it. I, I guess that I live my work or something. I'm very, you know, I could talk about cheese underwater, you know, yeah. for years. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess I find enormous pleasure in what I do and so mm. it just means that it's not really working but it always uh, leads to fun conversations yeah um so it like it does encompass everything <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of your style mm. now you you pretty much full-blown cheesemonger yeah um as in I don't know that there's been a time that I've seen you in recent well in the last at least five years, mm-hmm. where you're not wearing some Stri- Breton stripes. <laughs> and I know that um, the history of that, it kind of reigns to more like French seamen, sailors, yeah. if you like, but a, com- a nice classic blue and white horizontal stripe it just smacks of cheesemonger to me well Um, is that because of me well (laughs) or is that I just think it's that French (laughs) you know we associate cheese with France we associate Breton stripes with France so you know ergo the two come together I think I'd always worn black at work right so I really in my own now shop with my own name on the door I didn't want to be wearing black yeah I wanted something that was you know a bit more fun iconic in a way and whether I mean I don't think I mean it definitely is French and Breton but I don't necessarily think of it as being that I mean it could just be seen as Avalon (laughs) (laughs) it's just um it was easy there was a uniform going you know for me um and I think I tend towards I don't when I wake up in the morning it's I'd prefer just to put something on and Mm. just leave without having to think about it too much so um, and so that's very easy for me then to but it also means that I'm very recognizable on the street walking around the point (laughs) the pots point everyone knows if I'm walking there's the cheese lady (laughs) um but that actually brings me to my next question or just part of the conversation I want to have with you was about women in the food Mm. industry and Having done the last season at Lucio's and then, um, you know, looking at – because Potts Point where there is such a strong food community, um, there's not really – like there should be a lot more women in more high-profile roles in the food industry. I think 
that I mean, I absolutely 100% agree with you. Yeah. But I think as women working, um, if you want to start a family, it's the hours and the type yeah. of work it is. It's just not conducive to it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's some very successful women in the industry that do have children, but mm. they're fewer than, you know. And, and it is hard, hot work and not that I don't think and we can't do it because I know some absolute balling female chefs. Yeah. But um, it's not conducive for – it's not no. for everyone, you know. Uh, Cheesemongery is actually one of the very, you know uh, – well, in the cheese industry, I think cheese industry is pretty much 50-50 male-female, I reckon. Right. Whenever I've – but like cheese makers that I know, there's a lot of women out there. Yeah, a lot of women that own cheese companies. Yeah, um, there's cheese judges, cheese mongers. I feel like it's a pretty equal playing field, actually. Yeah, yeah. fortunate for that. Yeah, mm. and is it because it is a little more easier to manage? Do you think, or at the I risk of it's it's about the mammaries, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> milking animal it's always been women's work has been yeah. cheese making yeah. going back to you know medieval times women it was their job to yeah. do the cheese making it's been absolutely so, always yeah and although like you know the cheese making techniques changed and it was very important part of you know uh, ration packs in like the roman armies was cheese because it's a hugely great source of protein and and uh, energy yeah but it's always been the, the domain of women and men side by side. but Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's split. Level. I haven't thought about it yeah. from that perspective. <laughs> um, but like the the kind of uh, more high-profile women in yeah. the food industry, like your uh, Kylie Kwong's yep. or your Danielle Alvarez, I'm yeah. probably pronouncing that incorrectly, um, they tend to have a more, uh, you know, like understated – quite pra- like yourself, quite yeah. practical aesthetic. Yeah. And I want to ask you, is that is that do you think that that's a purely practical choice? Or, um, or do you think it says something more about representation? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know. I mean, Kylie's style is so... She, it's specific. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's still kind of understated yeah. and um it's definitely not flashy is no it? there's no, no i mean i'm yeah there's, there's design and detail yeah. in there yeah. uh, and, um, and if you think Kristen allen and her style she's a cheesemaker that lives in Potts point as right. well and yeah you know she's definitely got an aesthetic but it's it's practical it's yeah. overalls and you know things that are good to work in it's workwear yeah um yeah i don't know no disrespect to women out there that have got like some beautiful style <laughs> as chefs in kitchens you just don't say it very often I yeah think. no and I just wondered but is it like obviously there is some practical element yeah. to it but yeah. even from your own perspective do you think that you you've kind of taken something like away from yeah maybe yourself to put could, it could be a protective thing or, as well as just to yeah. get your head down and do the work and so it's not you're not distracting from it maybe it might be a kind of chameleon moment like blending in somehow yeah. in order to not stand out yeah let the cheese yeah. give you the yeah. aesthetic yeah. <laughs> yeah. you can judge it <laughs> but you yeah. can't be it yeah. yeah i don't i yeah 
I mean, we do dress up every now and then. There's a cheese yeah. ball down at Millerwood that oh, happens annually and we dress up for that. Yeah, what, what's, <laughs> what do you wear to a cheese ball? Well, it's nice because it's black tie but it's country black tie. So, yeah. if, you know, the dairy farmer doesn't have a suit. <laughs> he just wears his denim jacket. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, there's girls with, you know, whalebone corset kind of beautiful 50s dresses with, yeah. you know, full skirts. and A bit of gingham yeah. in there. I haven't seen gingham, I don't think, but oh, yeah, there's some gorgeous, like, you know, black tie dresses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> let's talk about your infamous cheese toasty. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, in Pot's Point, you've kind of, you know, you've got your cues out the door and uh, yeah. you're, you're, you're getting a reputation for um your cheese toasty mm-hmm. uh what um i guess what i want to ask you is for me the cheese toasty is synonymous with comfort yeah. and pleasing people yeah. and it's the thing that you want to eat when you just want to feel happy and safe hey, inside it's, it's a hug in cheese form it, it, really, it really is. is it envelops you yeah there was a what? lot of comfort <laughs> cheese toasty eating for lunches over COVID lockdown. <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely a thing because it is you. Like, um, I don't know. It was never my intention to do cheese toasties mm. at that shop. Yeah. It really wasn't. I'd had a cheese toasty business with a mate of mine, Dan, who's up in Byron, and that was at the market here at King's Cross, which yeah. is why I knew that they liked them because yeah. they sold well at the weekend. <laughs> but... It wasn't the intention. But if you're going to do a cheese toasty, you yeah. got to make it good. you got to make it And good. if you got access at a cheese shop to all of those cheeses, yeah. why wouldn't you, <laughs> you know, put them all in? <laughs> so, yeah, when I realised that I couldn't take them away, I do take them away, by yeah. the way, for two weeks of Christmas. Yeah, right. Because i got to sell some cheese yeah. to make my business <laughs> run, you know. But... It gives people so much joy and it's and just is, such a simple thing. Is it your maternal side coming I'm a feeder. out? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You are too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I well, mean yeah. I know, which is why we're friends. Such an easy way to show love is through, you know, making beautiful food. Yeah. For people. Yeah. And sometimes when people are upset, tears in eyes, and we've run out of the cheese toasties. <laughs> and they're like, What do you run out of? And I'm like, love yeah we run out of the love today i'm so sorry <laughs> we put a limit on them and you know yeah. it's hand grated cheese and it's obviously quite an expensive thing to do but you know we still love to <laughs> to make them um so if the toasty is a bit of a uh, like cold oh item. well yeah, well it is a cold item but yeah. part of who you are yeah. Um, one of the things you said to me when I asked you to do this interview was, oh, Mads, I'm not sure about the style part, but yeah. I do have a cheese style. Yeah. And I, I, I know that. Yeah. So if you could pick yourself as a cheese, oh. <laughs> what would it be and why? <laughs> um, I mean, there are so many. Yeah. But I reckon it will go back to what my cheese epiphany cheese is. Yeah. I think everyone that works in cheese has one of these. Right. And mine was... Oh, an epiphany cheese? Yeah, an epiphany cheese. What does that moment, mean? It's the light bulb moment yeah, right. of, I've seen God or okay. I want to do this for the rest of my life. Right. It's like a... It's my calling to yeah. cheese. Yeah. Um, and it's the Millowa Aged Blue. Right. And 
I remember being up there. I think I'd been working with them for maybe a couple of months and mm. it was a long weekend and we were up at the cheese factory and we'd opened a bottle of Brown Brothers Noble Riesling from down the road. Yeah. Um, and had it alongside the Miller Age Blue. And it's a craggy looking thing. It's not pretty. <laughs> not pretty. But it's just so full of flavour and character and I think that might be me. Is that yeah. me? Oh, that's 100% <laughs> you. <laughs> you. Uh, you would definitely have to be a Greek cheese because of your background. <laughs> so you're like I mean, a pepperteri <laughs> or, a, you know, cassiri of some kind. I don't know. but It's something that melts yeah, and gets gooey. Something that's yeah. going to go in one of your famous spanakopitas. Yeah, okay. It's got to be, that's you. <laughs> a little spicy too, you know, yeah. there's a saltiness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so you've, you've opened your beautiful store yeah. and you've landed in Potts Point. Yeah. And as we've spoken about, you know, this season is about a sense of community. Yeah. And like through this conversation, you've already mentioned so many times how food brings people together. It really does. Uh, why did you land in Potts Point and... I'm so lucky I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for... It took me seven months to find the location for the shop. Yeah. I didn't need anything big. And yeah. I, I'd already done the cheese toasties at the market, so I already knew Kings Cross Potts Point area were on board. Yeah. But at the same time, I was aware that there's um, other businesses in the area and I didn't want to step on any toes, so mm. I was aware. But, you know, seven months of looking and then finally, like, this little corner shop mm. is there. Yeah. It's at the right price. It's my first business. Yeah. On my own. Yeah. I don't have a lot of, you know, wiggle room with money and I've got to stock it full of cheese and it was absolutely the perfect landing spot for my first business. And the people in Potts Point, like I love them. They're just such good supporters. They really are. Mm. Um, I get things, presents from people. I get hand-drawn things from the kids. You're part of everyone's celebrations as well, mm. like weddings, birthdays deaths is you're part of that yeah. like cheesemongers we we are the first people to find out if someone's pregnant because people yeah. don't know what to eat yeah when they're you know what cheese can i have yeah yeah they have, might not have even told anyone else yeah. you get the whisper hmm. they don't even have to say that they are <laughs> i just, just already know the, it's the look and the scared yeah. like <laughs> i don't even know how to broach this you know yeah so you are part of everyone's lives and i'm part of theirs and i just yeah Community is so important and mm. having a community like this in the middle of Sydney is incredible. I was fortunate enough to grow up in a very good community where I did mm. and the cheese world is a huge community for me as well. I can walk into any room full of cheesemakers and mongers and eaters and know that they're my people. Yeah. So you just find your people. And they are your people because, you know, you've gotten a lot of really positive, well-deserved press recently mm. um, and it's because of who you are and yeah. your warmth and generosity. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it is nice to see that all those um, people that do have influence in that industry are rallying around yeah. you and supporting everything that you're doing. Mm. So what what what's the plans for Penny's Cheese Shop? Where where to from here? I feel like we're bursting at the seams where we are. <laughs> I would like to obviously stay in Potts Point, it's, you know, it's my it's my hood now. Yeah. Um but I think I need to find somewhere a little bit bigger. I just don't know what that looks like. This year has been crazy for everyone mm. and 
I probably should have started looking a couple of months ago, but I've got my eyes on Christmas right now and all the cheese that I need to get in for that. And, mm, um, and I need to come in. But and get I would some like to. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's there. Yeah. We'll have lots. You know, I'll be in. Um, so yeah, I would like to do um, a little bit more affinage, which is maturing and ripening cheeses. Right. So getting them younger from cheesemakers and kind of bringing them on to reach their peak because. Um, with just a change in temperature and humidity, hmm. you can ultimately influence the end flavour of a cheese. So I did that a little bit in London and I do it on a very small scale in my tiny cheese shop. So yeah. that interests me a lot. Like I am, you know, fascinated by microbials and bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine, I mean, as I've said to you, I, I've only known you to be associated with cheese. Mm. I imagine cheese is forever in your future yeah i can't i i don't think i could ever leave it could yeah. i yeah and i and love it too much i love the i love the producers as well like you know i was out at the airport this morning picking up cheese from adelaide that had gone for a jaunt down to geelong by accident <laughs> and just knowing that this cheese man sorry this cheese maker has put so much effort and time into making this cheese and for it maybe not to come i'm like i'm frightened for their cheese babies you know <laughs> got to yeah. make sure they get safely here so it's yeah, a real it's a real community yeah and it's beautiful to be able to have that relationship with the land and what they're doing and and knowing the practices that they're doing are so good f- future wise sustainable farming and doing things on the scales that they're doing them like that's that fascinates me yeah yeah and and you as a as an old lady Mm. with your little cheese shop (laughs) (laughs) do you reckon you're still going to be wearing your red shoes and your horizontal stripes yeah or i might get into the next uniform you know which is what what? i don't know (laughs) maybe you can come up with one for me you know (laughs) i don't know i just do that purely for now that i'm doing it it's done yeah (laughs) for another five years (laughs) well i look forward to uh seeing how how it all evolves but thanks for coming and chatting with me penny and been a hoot (laughs) i am gonna come in soon and get some more cheese yeah please do (laughs) always welcome Although unintentional, Penny's Cheese Shop has become infamous in the Potts Point area for its cult classic cheese toasty. The beauty of the thing is, not unlike the community it belongs to, it plays to its strengths and melts together to result in something greater than the sum of its parts. Like its creator, however, it also provides a generous amount of delight and comfort to its eager audience. While Penny may have settled from her tomboy roots into a signature uniform that marks her hardworking lifestyle and references her passion for cheese, it's her trademark ability to be maternal, to nurture, and to just put a smile on your face that truly defines her. And whether you're passing her in the street or paying her and her cheese toasty a visit, it's Penny's style to warmly invite you into her cheese-loving world and always make sure you feel at home. This Christmas, Wayside Chapel will be providing freshly cooked meals and support to the people in need over the entire holiday season. You can donate a plate to help ensure people experiencing homelessness are fed this Christmas at waysidechapel.org.au forward slash donate a plate. If Style Stories made you feel good, please feel free to subscribe, leave a review or explore more of my guest stories on my website or Instagram at madelinepark.co. 
Thanks for listening. 